But thank you all for holding the fourth year here. Pastor Roy, thank you so much for doing a fantastic job. Uh, Angela, thank you for allowing me to still keep my job. <laughs> Amen. Those that went with us, I think on Sunday we'll, they will be testifying. And uh, so I'm not going into it. Just come back on Sunday. Amen. But I will say this. I, we saw so many miracles, it's hard to keep up with. You just cannot keep up with it. It was just too many. Um, the pastors themselves were shocked because uh, when we had too many people coming in for healing, I enlisted ch- pastors and elders in the church, and I could tell they were shocked. It's like, we don't know about this. We don't, we've never done this. But I said, okay, now put your hand out. I'll lay my hands on you. They also were shocked. I think God made it so easy for us to see healings. It was an amazing thing. Very, very. And they'll share with you. It's just hard to keep up with. One thing I do know is God is faithful to his word. If his people will be faithful to him. And that's what I want to talk about. So stand up, please. Don't forget that. I didn't do that much in Nigeria, but we're going to do it here. <laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Tonight I want to speak uh, a message I got ready back there in Nigeria. Faithfulness glorifies God. Faithfulness glorifies God. Many times I think when we're dealing with God, we forget that He's a person. God is a being, it's a person. Has feelings, has eyes, you have eyes. That's to remind you that God can see. He's a person. For you personally, it will be difficult to deal with somebody who is unfaithful. It's hard to handle them. You don't know when and when not to. Unpredictable. You may love them, but it's hard to deal with that. So faithfulness is very important. And I think God puts a high price on faithfulness. And what we see in Christianity is faithfulness to God is really lacking. It's off and on. Today you're feeling good and then you're not. And God just don't. I believe if you read his word, he doesn't want that. Let me say this. Faithfulness honors God. And God honors faithfulness. The unfaithful, they're like chaff, you know, blown to and fro with the wind. They cannot excel in the things of God. It's hard for God to work with somebody who is not faithful. Not perfect, faithful. God puts a high price on faithfulness. God cannot trust you with true riches if you're not faithful. He cannot trust you with the divine if you are not faithful. 
So God's always watching for faithfulness. To see what you do when things are not going the way you expect it to. If you keep your appointments with him. God's the person. He expects you to be somewhere at a particular time. Just like you do in your natural life. He's a person. And he has feelings. We tend to forget. Many times when we read Bible characters, we think they are not humans. They were humans. They had discussions, doubts, questions, just like us. Just like us. God's a person. If you realize and know that God has feelings and can't be disappointed, just as you can be disappointed, can't be sad, just like you can be sad, then watch how you deal with him. If you have emotions, he has more powerful emotions. More powerful. If you can be angry, oh yes, God can be angry. Read the Old Testament. If you cry, well, Jesus demonstrated that to us. He wept. Yes. Two words. Jesus, not cry, he wept. So God has feelings. He has feelings. And we need to be aware of that. Now, faithlessness can make God. It cannot say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. We don't realize that God can, he can change his mind. And he has a reason for it. God can change his mind. He, he, he has reason for doing that. Let me read this scripture to you. First Samuel chapter 2 verse 30. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, and I've watched all you've been doing, speaking to the house of Eli. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed, no doubt, I said it. I gave you a promise, I said it. No doubt, I'm God, I keep my word. I said indeed that your house and the house of your father will walk before me forever. That's a privilege. When God says, yes, I have said it, your house and your father's house, your father's house and your house, they'll walk before me. I consider it a great privilege to be able to be involved in the things that God has called us to. It's a big, big, big privilege. But then God said, I said indeed, I really said that. But then look at verse the next, what, the next thing that he said. But now. So then I said that. Did he mean it when he said it? Yes. But your behavior is making me. Now he says. The Lord says. Far be it from me. Even though I said that. But I don't want to do that anymore. Why? He says it. For the reason is. Those who honor me. I will honor and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. You honor God with your faithfulness. Faithfulness honors God. And unfaithfulness dishonors him. He, in my mind, that's despising him. and doing what, That's exactly what those people did, the sons of Eli. They were not faithful in their calling. 
God doesn't expect uh, perfection from us. But he loved Samuel because Samuel was faithful. He was imperfect, but Samuel was faithful to his God. But not the house of Eli. Jesus is called faithful and true. That's his name. Faithful. He was called faithful and true. And Jesus was faithful to his father. Let me read this. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. We have partakers of the heavenly calling. Every one of us called. You have an heavenly call upon your life. It's an heavenly life of, uh, call upon your life. God has that. He says, you with the heavenly calling consider the apostle and high priest of our confession. In other words, you have a heavenly calling upon your life. Now consider the one who is the apostle. The high priest, Christ Jesus. What are you to consider? Who was faithful to him. So consider him who was faithful to him who appointed him. As Moses was faithful in all his house. So faithfulness is very important. When you have been called, you have a heavenly calling, right? God expects you to be faithful. So consider Christ who went before us. Moses was faithful in his house. And Jesus was faithful as well. And he is saying, consider Jesus, Moses. They went before us. We ought to be as faithful to the one who appointed him. Jesus was faithful to the one who appointed him. Question, have you been appointed? Are you faithful to your appointment? That's the key. That's what's happening in Christianity today all over the world. People are too focused on what's for me instead of what's for God. And it's not a rebuke. We got to change our mind. The life here is so short. We've got to do everything to worship and to serve God. Back in Nigeria, I said very often, and I've said it here before, you can't worship God and really get to know Him. It's impossible to worship God and get to know Him intimately. You have to worship and serve. These two go together. You cannot worship God and get to know Him. God didn't say to the children of Israel, uh, uh, I mean to uh, children of Israel in Egypt, speaking through Moses to Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me. That's not what he said. Let my people go that they may serve me. Service (laughs) demands faithfulness. If you're serving, you ought to be faithful. And if you're not faithful in service, it's hard to really be intimate with God. You cannot truly know God if you're not faithful in service. Again, when Satan tempted Jesus, he said, you know, I got all these things. It's been delivered to me. All you have to do is bow down and worship me. And I delivered. Jesus said, you worship God and him only you must serve. They go together. But service demands faithfulness. You have to be appointed to serve. And Jesus was faithful to his house. That's us. 
He was faithful to his house, just like Moses was. So faithfulness runs across the board. God demands that we be faithful to him. Let me go to John chapter 15, verse 16. Jesus speaking, he says, You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you. So it's clear. His father appointed him. He was faithful to the one who appointed him. Well, you didn't choose Jesus. Jesus made it clear to us. It was him, Jesus, who chose us and appointed us. Choosing and then the appointment after that. And if you've been chosen, God expects you to be faithful. You've got to let everything go. You know... Take up your cross often daily, right? You take up your cross daily. So there is some kind of sacrifice to be made. It's a daily thing. You want God to unveil himself in your life? It's a daily thing. It's a sacrifice that needs to be made. He appointed you and then he says that you may go, that you should go and bear fruit. What about the fruit bearing? You were appointed to, there's there's something to do. We got to bear fruit. And uh, he's sad today because uh, what I see in the church for the most part, I may be completely wrong, but it seems like everybody is in survival mode. It's all about me. How I'm going to get this, how my family is going to progress. And we're forgetting everything about him. And then we wonder why we are having such a hard time in life. Why we Because we forgot about him. God says in Malachi, your words are stout against me. You abandon everything I ask you to do. And so we'll continue to be in the survival mode. We all gather together and try to survive and make ourselves feel good and all of that. But there is a heaven calling waiting on us because we have been appointed to do the work of God. We have been appointed to serve. We have been appointed to bear fruit. We have been appointed to go out and reach out to people. We have to do these things. God has called us to do these things. If we are not in a survival mode, I'm not surviving. I've got to go out. The Bible says from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent won't take it by force. We've got to be violent. There's an enemy out there. And there are people that are dying. They are going to hell. I wonder if you even pray about those people. That's the issue here. What is important to you and what's important to us? What's important to the Ark Fellowship? What are we doing? Is this a club? Have we forgotten the, call, the master's calling? Are we going to be involved in the, the master's being, do, in, getting involved in what he asks us to do? That's the thing that we have to consider. It's not just going to Nigeria. We have work here to do. We've got to reach out to people. We have to disciple them. We've got to be really aggressive about these things. We have to win them. We have to win them. You know, I'm really glad today that I'm in Christ. I, you know, I know I'm going to heaven, but I don't think much of it in my mind. I'm thinking about what we have to do here. We've got to get as many people to heaven as we can. 
And you have the power because you have been appointed to do just that. It says, I, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. We're not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit belongs to the Spirit. Amen? <laughs> it's the fruit of the Spirit. Bearing fruit, that's your own fruit. Replicate yourself. It's from the beginning. From the very beginning. The first blessing that God pronounced on mankind is what? To be fruitful and to multiply. To be fruitful and multiply. What I need from the Ark Fellowship is all of us have to have one mind. We've got to multiply. We have to be fruitful, not for a big... We have to fulfill what God called us to do. We have to. We really have to. God's calling us to. This is where the honor comes from, when we do what God has called us to do. And uh, by the grace of God, I don't plan to be weak or anything. This job's got to be done. We've got to do it, and we've got to seek God's kingdom. Uh, As long as I got strength, I will do what I can for the kingdom of God. He's my God. You know how much he's paid for us, what he's done for us? Do you really appreciate what he's sacrificed for us? How do I pay him back? How do you pay back? Life for life? What are you willing to give? It's not the survival. I I think there's a scriptural principle uh, that Jesus is giving to us. Very serious scriptural principle. Seek first the kingdom of God. And you won't be in survival mode. That's what it says. Let the kingdom be number one. Have that desire for the kingdom. Some of us, we've been a Christian for a while. You shouldn't be sitting back there. You should be leading and serving in the house of God. How long will it take? Maybe I'm speaking to the wrong crowd. Maybe to this on Sunday morning. You know. <laughs> Sunday morning. Never be satisfied. Please never get satisfied. Don't ever get satisfied. We're just scratching the surface. I think I was telling somebody in my office today, I think maybe pressing, my mind, no matter what's happened, I'm past it. I'm looking for the next thing. That's it. I can't stay what God did yesterday. I want something new. I want something that I've not seen before. Because God gives you the desires of your heart. That's what the scripture says. The desires of a righteous man shall be granted. So if you don't have any desire, there's nothing to grant. But because God is giving us direction as to we bear fruit. I mean, Jesus, his mind was fixed. He wanted the whole world saved. And he was willing to lay his life down to make that happen. And he's given, he's called us, has appointed us just as his father appointed him to finish his work. My food is to do the will of the Father and to finish his work. There's work to be done. 
And we need to get involved in that. Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 4 and 5, he says, I have glorified you on the earth. How do you glorify God on the earth? What did Jesus do to glorify his Father on the earth? Have you ever asked that question? He was, in, he was so sure. I have glorified you on the earth. How? By preaching the gospel, good news, amen. He went about preaching and healing everywhere, day and night. Let's go on to the next city. Those people need me here. There are miracles, but then there's compassion also. He was all, he didn't, God glorified the Father. Look at what he said. I have glorified you, no doubt about it. When you do these things, you glorify God. And when you glorify God, He glorifies you. So faithfulness glorifies God. Look at what Jesus said. Death, He made it very clear. I have glorified you on the earth. How? I have finished the work which you have given me to do. I finished it. I glorified you by finishing the work that you appointed me to do. I was faithful to my call. Therefore, I glorified you. But then he demanded, I mean, when, you, when you have done what God wants you to do, then you are bold towards the Father. When you have not done, you cannot be bold. When you have not done what is called you, it's hard to be bold. You can't demand things. I really believe you get them. Your faith not there. Because faithfulness is born out of faith. It's hard to be faithful if you are faithless. Your faithfulness is born out of your faith. If you don't believe God, you can't be faithful to Him. If you don't believe the Scriptures, you'll never be faithful to the Scriptures. So i got to ask myself, what's happening in my life? Why don't I feel moved? Is something wrong? Do I need to fast? God, would you pour fire into my heart? Why would I, how can I just sit and watch a year is gone, maybe I've never won a soul, maybe never shared the gospel with anybody, and I don't feel anything about it. It's not even my business. All I want, I want God to bless me, give me a bigger house. It's like we got something to prove. But we need to be faithful to our fellowship. I believe that God, when we say words, and that's what we do, it's not like I'm coming and I need to preach at people. I believe when I speak those words, God knows the word has been spoken and he's going to confirm it in our congregation and help people to be that way. We have to preach the word, not a rebuke, but something for God to confirm in the lives of his people. That's my point. I'm not rebuking anybody. I've got to say it so that God has something to work with. If it's not spoken, then it's not in your heart, and then you cannot, he has nothing with which to work in your life. But if I say it, then it's in your heart. Hopefully, it will not be just in your heart, but it spreads from one person to the other because you're talking about it, and, and then it spreads, and, and then everybody's blessed. We have a short time. We really have a short time we need to work. For me, I'm very aware of it. I like to live, even if I live to 100, it's still short. So we've got to be busy. 
I can't glory in the things that's already behind. I want more. We sing it here. I want more. I want more. I've got to have more. It's very, very important. It's not just about preaching. I've got to serve my Father. I've got to please Him. I've got to please Him. I've got to do what is right before His eyes. I've got to please Him. I've got to finish. He says, I have finished the work that you gave me to do. I finished it. Do you even know what work is given to you? What is it that God wants you to do? Do you know? Have you ever asked Him? Does it really bother you? Me? Again, I feel like maybe this is for Sunday service. I don't know. (laughs) But God knows who he wants. I believe that's, that's you. He wants you to hear this. And you can spread it. But it's not just about going to church. I have got, you are a minister. You have been called by God. You have been appointed by God. Pastor can do all of it. You are a minister. You've got to take care of the sheep yourself. You know, I was saying in Nigeria, I did things before I became a minister that some ministers, couldn't, I believe they couldn't do. Because I wanted to, I was a pastor to, I was pastor to Paul, the pastor of the church, years before he, before he became a pastor. Pastor Paul in Nigeria. He was from a Baptist church. I trained him and taught him a lot of different stuff. How to get demons out and all of that stuff. But he's grown on his own. He doesn't need me too much, but he's doing his own stuff now. You can do the same thing we can. You don't have to be a pastor. All of us are ministers. All of us have been appointed by God. And you have the power. This is so funny, you know, we were back in Nigeria, the pastors didn't realize they could pray for the sick. And I did it really casually. Bracaltilino was there, I said, come on, you guys, get up. And they looked at me like, what is this? And I could tell, what are you trying to get us into? (laughs) Kind of stuff. But I did it so casually because if I focused on it too much, they would immediately back up. I said, come on, you do the same thing. Give me your hands. That's all I did. And then you go and pray. They were shocked that people were getting healed. And they got into it. Pastor, everybody got bold after that. <laughs> he said, wow, this tough work. You know, it works. They're getting healed. We saw so many healings. I'm telling Pastor Andy, you can't number them. It's hard to remember. I can't even remember what was happening. So while I prayed, talk more of what was happening with the rest of them. Everyone has his own story. It's an amazing thing. It was, it was so divine. You can never be the same. You really can never. When you are actively involved in what God called us to do, it, 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 you can never be the same. O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So he'll demand that because he's finished his work. There's a faithfulness principle that's in the scripture that you must, in my mind, you must, you must take this into consideration. Because everything that God does is based on this. Between you and God. This principle is so important. 
the extent to which you walk with God and where God's going to take you to depends on this principle. I have often said I look for principles in God's word. These principles are very important. God is a respecter of no man. If you don't line up with this principle or you, you are found short in any of this principle, yeah, God knows what's going on. And that's the way your life's going to go. This principle is so important. The faithfulness principle. So important. This is it here. Luke 16, 10 through 12. He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in much. So, in other words, God's saying, this is how I can tell how to work with you. If I've given you just a little thing to do and you don't do it, I know you are not faithful. I can't give you much. The principle with God. He's unveiling. Jesus was the revelation of what the Father is like. Making it open to us. If you are not, he knows this. If you are not faithful in a little, he knows not to trust you with much. You are not going to get it done. And God will not put the desires of heaven in a man's heart, life, that's not going to, be, to carry out that work. It's not going to happen. So that's, it makes it very clear. He who is not faithful in what is least, he who is faithful in what is least, is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least, is unjust also in much. In other words, if you are not just with a little thing, you're, you're going to do the same thing in the, in the bigger thing and more impact. So that's very important. God sees that. If you're unjust, that's the way it's going to be. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? Again, this goes, I better read everything, verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is yours? Another man's. That's Christ. He's entrusted us with things to do, right? That's the principle here. This can be extended to our giving as well. True riches, divine things, things from heaven, cannot be given to somebody when it comes to just your money and giving to God. It's very hard for you to do that. Why would God put true riches in your hands? So you could be your worst enemy. When it comes to finances, over there we had a one-to-one, one-to-one thing with people while we were there. And everyone that came to me with financial issue, I asked them a question. You pay your tithe, guess one. I didn't even find one person that was faithful in that area. Not one person. Everyone that came, I mean, it's a poor country. 
So a lot of people have problems. When every time I ask them the question, you pay your tithe? Well, sometimes. Sometimes that's not faithfulness. Every single one of them that talk to me about their financial problem, the first question I ask them, you pay your tithe? It was clear they, they, they were not doing it. And so off and on, back and forth. You see, God demands faithfulness. He's watching to see if you're faithful. Not just meeting your need, that's one thing. But what about true riches? Do we know what those mean? What that means? True riches. There is riches and there is true riches. God can deliver into your hands true riches. It's much more than money. Money included. But it's much more than money. True riches. In other words, if you're not faithful in ungodly mind, and that's what it says, I'm not going to deliver into your hand true riches. You won't know what to do with it. You're not going to get it. This is the faithfulness principle. And if you're not faithful in that which is another's, who will give you what's yours? Now, what that means, your tithe belongs to God. That's his. It's another person. It's another man's. That's God's. So if you're not faithful in that, why do you expect God to give you what's your own? You're not going to get that either. I think that's what is wrong with the church uh, because few people have these arguments in their mind. This belongs to God. We'll read back. Jesus said, you can't let this go. You must do this. And don't forget mercy. Compassion as well, but you got to do all of it. But your tithe belongs to God. That's his property, not yours. But he lets you hold it. But if you're not faithful with it, you're not going to get true riches, and you're not getting what's yours. So every one of us have what, in God's mind, what's supposed to be delivered to you, but you're making it impossible for God to give it to you because you're not faithful in what His. You're telling God, we got a hundred dollars here. I'll show you how we're going to spend it. But he says money. <laughs> it won't work that way. I think the greatest danger in this area is, it may be a while before God says, I said this before, but now, since you don't honor me, remember what the scripture talks about, honor? Honor the Lord with the first fruit of your that's very important. When you don't honor him, God says to the house of Eli, I said that before, you walk with me, your house will walk with me. But now, far be it from me. I will only honor those who honor me. So when you're not doing that, you're not honoring God, he's not going to do that. That's exciting. But I want to let you understand that this is a, a principle that God watches. And also this with business between you and maybe your workplace. You have responsibility. All of these things matter. God sees everything. How faithful are you? Those things are very important. Because there's much coming to us if we are not faithful in that. You, I mean, it's hard, it's easy for you to deceive man, but you can't deceive God. He sees everything. He sees everything. And he weighs our heart. 
So there's much coming to us, but we're cutting it off because faithfulness is an issue here. You know, on the day of judgment, you know how God's going to judge people? You've read it. It's faithfulness. Good and faithful servant. Not good and hard-working servant. Good and have accomplished more servant, a whole much servant. No, is a good and faithful servant. So God places a high price on faithfulness. And the world, world is going to be judged based on not how much they've done, how hard they work, but how faithful they were in what God gave them to do. That's what he says about Jesus and Moses. These are the two greatest ones. One, the Old Testament, and the other one established the New Testament. And both of them have that characteristic in their lives. Faithfulness. That's what God demands of us. God's not going to judge me on how big the art fellowship becomes. He's going to judge me as to how faithful I was in serving him here. I want it big, but that's a lot of responsibility. But I'm willing if that's what he wants for me, and I believe that's what he wants for me. But we have to be faithful. Faithfulness is very important. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 45, he says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant? So again, he's making it clear to us what he wants from us is faithfulness. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? Whom his master had made ruler over his household. So if you are a faithful servant, your master will make you what? Yeah, ruler over his household. But if you are not faithful, it's hard to be wise. <laughs> it's faithful and wise servant that your, the master then makes you a ruler over not your house, his house. True riches. True riches. You're not going to be judged by how many houses you have here. You're going to be judged by the true riches that God delivered into your hands. More than money. It's much more than money. Much more than money. It talked about doing what God asked you. Give them food in season. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. In other words, you're still doing the same thing. You're doing exactly the same. You didn't quit. Even though you didn't know when, it's, when the master is going to come, you, you were consistent in doing Whether he was there or not, it doesn't matter. You do exactly what you would do if he was right there before you. You're faithful. And that's what Jesus did. He was faithful in all of his house. And we need to be faithful to our God. I'm going to close with this. There are some areas that we need to watch out for when our faithfulness to God. First of all, what about your Christian witness? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony is very important. You don't want to do anything to compromise your testimony because then you become powerless. What about your prayer life? How faithful are you in that area? What about study? 
the word of God. The Bible says study to show yourself approved, right? And you studying, how faithful are you in that area? Bible study and Bible reading. What about church attendance? Thank God you're here tonight. We want the whole church here. <laughs> uh, what about sharing the gospel? What about giving? And we also need to grow in grace. We need to grow in grace. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. If you've been a Christian for a while, you really need to check yourself. We need to grow. You can't be satisfied. You can't be satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I'd like to move fast. The... When I was in Nigeria, there were a lot of things in my mind I wanted to go inquire and find out. Uh, I want to know. I want to grow. I want to do more. I want to be involved. I want God to use me here before I go on. I want my life to be a source of confidence for another person. And uh, that's the way it is. But Paul said, Forgetting the things that are behind, you press forward. There's much to do. Amen? Stand up tonight. He's appointed us to bear fruit, and we need to bear fruit. So what we want to do, thank God for those that are here tonight. Pray, pray for every one of us. If you don't have the mindset that God's kingdom needs to grow, we need more people in the kingdom, then it's really all about, I'm going to heaven and I'm fine now. The rest of the world can go. Don't matter. We have to have that mindset. We have to have the mind that we need to grow. What I covered here, Nigeria, we need to grow. We need, we need new people saved in the house of God. And we can do that first by praying and mean, carry that burden. Jesus said, come, take my yoke upon you. Do you have his yoke? What is his yoke? Bring your burdens, but take my yoke. His yoke made it very clear what he was appointed to do. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's his yoke. That's his yoke, and we have to do that tonight. Lift your hands up before God tonight, and let's worship him. Bible says when we lift up our hands, God looks towards us. Because you know what you got in your hand? Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 1, it says... Your hands are filled with blood. So when you raise your hands, I look, I look away. But this time, your hands are filled with blood. Uh, but it's the blood of Jesus. Amen? And the blood is speaking better things than the blood of Abel. So Paul said, I will, I will that all men everywhere lift up holy hands without fear, no doubting. Because then God looks down and says, son, daughter, what do you want? What do you want from me? Tonight we need God. To deposit in our hearts that desire to be faithful 
just like Moses was, just like Paul was, even unto death, these men were faithful. They were not perfect, but they were faithful to their call. Jesus called them, God called them, Abraham was faithful. Jacob was faithful. He remembered his God. David remembered his God. He cried out for his God. We have to be faithful to him. God, we thank you. Lord, make us faithful. We want to be faithful. We want to do your bidding. We want to do the works of God. We want to do just that, Father. We thank you. In Jesus' name, thank you.